Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a football Friday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next next couple of hours talking a whole lot of football with you. And thanks for uh, giving us some of your time here this morning. The BMW Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. In about 15 minutes, we will head to Memphis where we'll catch up with our colleague Sean Roberts. Sean and Justin Miller uh, on the scene in Memphis for uh, both KSI and Ames and, of course, KX. You know, we'll catch up with Sean and get the very latest on what took place yesterday and the build-up to the big game coming up here at 3.30 uh, this afternoon. Of course, you can hear the game and everything. Um, if you... Uh, can't uh, can't be in front of your television down the hall on 100.3 uh, the bus. So we'll do that with Sean Roberts coming up at 11:15. Mike Palm in Vegas standing by at 11:35 in his normal spot. There are four contestants left in the 9.2 million dollar Survivor contest, and apparently uh, the four decided to at least with some of that money. Uh, just split it four ways, which I think is the prudent decision. Why come this far uh, with visions of being a millionaire dancing in your mind only to come up short on one of the final couple of weekends of the year? So we'll do that with Mike Palm, get the latest on some of the betting lines with Mike, see what he's seeing on the Liberty Bowl with Memphis and Iowa State. And, of course, uh, we'll check in on Tennessee uh, and and the Hawks getting set to play on Monday. We'll do that with Mike Palm at 11.35. Bama, Bob, Trent, and I are going to try and get through nine games. <laughs> we'll take a look at some of the games today. We'll take a look at all of them uh, leading up to tomorrow. And then, of course, on Monday, uh, Bama, Bob joins us at 12.02. Tom Cakert, although this one's kind of iffy. Uh, uh, Tom joins us normally every Friday at 12.30. But today uh, in Orlando, there's a player availability conflict at that time. And, of course, Tom is beholden to uh, HawkeyeReport.com, as he should be. So it sounds as though we may not get Tom Kekert live from Orlando, if that's the case. That'll give Trent and I more time to catch up, maybe preview some of the uh, big NFL action this weekend as we come down the stretch in the NFL uh, locally, none bigger, I don't think, than Green Bay and Minnesota tomorrow night. Neither one, if uh, even with a win, guaranteed a playoff berth. But the loser is, for all intents and purposes, has zero chance to get in. I think the exact number is 2% chance to get in uh, for uh, the Packers if they uh, were um, unable to beat the Vikings tomorrow. So we'll do that at some point as well. The bowl action continues. Pretty fun day of watching football yesterday. Oklahoma and uh, Arizona certainly entertained uh, into the wee hours the night last night, this Arizona football team. I think one of the stories uh, in college football in 2008. And 23. But we inch our way to the Liberty Bowl. By all accounts, listening to Chris Williams, I saw him on on the X last night. Uh, Mark Freund down there from WHO thinks that the t- number of Cyclone fans down a little bit from 2017 when uh, they were there in mass. I was there. It was, um, I mean, you couldn't turn around on Beale Street without... I'm not, you know, want to hit a Cyclone fan, but without seeing, they were everywhere, uh, and certainly a good contingent of them down there, and they'll be loud, but the stadium last year, our last time, rather, was clearly 50-50. We'll see what it is today. Big spot for Iowa State as they try to cap off what I think uh, is a remarkable year, considering uh, all that they overcame to get there, 
And, oh, by the way, the one and two start. Trent Condon, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Fun day yesterday. We had a winning day overall. Put it together. Battled. I had a couple of tight losses there. And you finally got a win in our uh, contest, as you had last week, the Arizona Wildcats, to get it done. How about the turnover sword? I mean, we've seen some fun things. It really started with the turnover chain. But the turnover sword, and they ran out of room on the sword as they were spiking the footballs in there. It was, uh, yeah, it's creative. You got to give them credit for, for that. But, um, yeah, it was a fun game. You know what? Yesterday was a fun day. Rutgers, that was a nice win for Rutgers. Um, there was some fun football being played uh, yesterday. I'm into these bowls. Um, I mean, it took me a long time. Like I said, you said the same thing yesterday. It was, um, we were slow coming around to bowl season, but it is on now. And man, oh man, today promises to be a terrific day. I know you're looking forward to that Ohio State mm-hmm. Mizzou game. I think that was one of the ones that uh, cropped up on your radar. What 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 attracts you about the, what is it about that game that's got your full attention? Well, first of all, to see what the quarterback position looks like with Devin Brown. I mean, it's just such a weird circumstance. You have what we saw this season from a pretty good season overall for a first year starter. Now it's not Ohio State standards, I guess, but mm-hmm. from what you saw from Kyle McCord this year, you think there's going to be even building and an improvement going into next year. And he departs. Is it because of Devin Brown? Mm. I wouldn't think so, but we'll see tonight after he's finally back healthy and he'll be out there getting the start for the Buckeyes. Do they have something cooking already in the portal? Do they have a wink and a nod from somebody else? And and maybe they're waiting until later to announce it. I'm not sure what it is, but the intrigue of that, they got a ton of guys that have opted out yet. It's the point spread also that's a part of this. No surprise. Game is announced. Ohio State's the favorite. Sure. Then we see all the opt-outs, still the potential. Uh, Marvin Harrison's done, right? Their defensive tackle, he Michael Hodges. He has to be. Yeah, I mean, there's no way he's going to play. You don't know what's going to happen with Cade Stover. You don't know what's happening with Trayvon Henderson. We're still kind of waiting this. Yet with all of that being said, we're seeing this line shift back the other way and not just going from a slight Missouri favorite. This thing's up to six right now at Circa, Ohio State favorite. Do they know something we don't know? Is it big steam? Was there big bets that are put in? It's an intriguing, not just for what we're going to see on the football field, but in my mind, on the betting angle here of who is right. And talk about a middling opportunity. I mean, you, you, you could have a monster middle right now if you've got the Buckeyes and the Tigers at the right time. No, absolutely. You know, this Missouri team, uh, they had a really good year. I, I didn't see it coming. Uh, I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. They, they had, I think they, I don't know, maybe not overachieved in their minds. They would say, they wouldn't say that they overachieved. They expected this. But I think the foot college football world didn't expect Missouri to have the year that they did. I mean, marching into Tennessee and doing what they did late in the season, that was a huge, huge win as Tennessee fell and then fell the following week to Georgia. Ohio State with a full complement of players. Missouri with a full complement of players. Give me the Buckeyes, but they don't have a full complement of players. And that's one of the uh, angles that you have to factor in, obviously, when you're betting on these games. What about Iowa State and Memphis, Trent? Do you have a feel for this game, or what have you seen point spread-wise? Uh, speaking of the point spread, it's been pretty consistent here throughout the week. Of course, we do our point spread updates here, presented by Circa, all throughout the day. So I'm always looking at, at the lines and line shifts, and if there's been any kind of adjustment not really. This has been pretty steady after it got back up to double digits. In fact, across the board right now, it is 10 or 10 and a half everywhere that I have on my board, including Circa, DraftKings, South Point, Superbook, a couple of offshores also, Caesars there. So it's double digits here. I think what I'm most intrigued by is the total. I think we're going to see sports uh, points. I think this is going to be a really entertaining mm-hmm. football game up and down the field. 
action-packed, high pace, different than probably what we're going to see in the other afternoon game today and the one that's kicking off right now, Clemson, Kentucky, and Notre Dame, Oregon State. I think this is the one that's going to get a lot more attention because I think we're going to see an entertaining one here and teams moving the ball up and down the field. Yeah, John Haycock, he's got his work cut out. He always does, but this is uh, this is a, a really good Memphis offense. Now, I get it. They play in the American Athletic, and what does that mean when they go up against a Big 12 team? Well, we're going to find out because this, uh, this is a team that is loaded with talent. I mean, the quarterback can throw the ball all over the place. They've got a really good running back, uh, running back in uh, Blake Watson, but Hennigan is a... Uh, a quarterback who's going to light it up and, and has all season long. So that's something to watch. Jeremiah Cooper and that secondary for Iowa State is going to be tested. But as we've seen time and time again with Haycock, they bend a little bit early, maybe give up some early points. But once the second half rolls around, he's usually got a pretty good uh, game plan. I do want to you know move away from this for just a second, Trent. I want to ask you about Brian Ferentz, mm-hmm. uh, who met with the media here today and wasn't scheduled to do so. Some would say he was avoiding his responsibilities and good for him for, you know, taking the podium and actually actually answering questions. He's been unavailable media wise uh, for some time now. But you know what? It, it's it's obviously look, he's made a lot of money as the offensive coordinator. It has not gone uh, did not go well. Uh, it's not ending the way anybody envisioned this. I remember back when he was hired that there were so many people that just assumed, well, Here's the transition, right? When when dad's done, he's going to turn it over to his oldest son. And a lot of people were behind that move, thought that that was a good decision. Uh, but good for him, uh, answering questions that were lingering out there. Um, but it had to be a tough spot for him to do, to, uh, to do and to, you know, his willingness to answer the questions. But good for him for jumping up on the podium and, and, and following through. Yeah, I definitely commend him for doing that. I mean, it's something he didn't have to do. You mentioned he was not scheduled to be up there. Uh, they put LeVar Woods in his place instead, or an offensive coach that was going to get trotted out there to go up there and answer questions. And there wasn't, you know, the moment, it wasn't a few good men. You can't handle the truth. There was no banging right. on the podium or anything like that. But he did say a lot of great things. And one of the ones that I, I really enjoyed was just people, somebody asked him about the potential, you know, win one for the Gipper, right? Go yep. out there, the team win. And he goes, it's not about one person. And it's so and he true. said it's nonsense. Yeah, well, and the nonsense he was talking about was what he was wearing. I think that's what he was alluding to on the sidelines, ah. not wearing anything Tiger Hawk related after the firing before the Big Ten championship game. Look, he brought that on, on himself. And did he handle this well? No, I don't no. think he did. Doing not that, that respect. Yeah, that yeah. that was sophomoric. That was something he just it created another distraction that didn't need to be there. But I'll tell you, overall, I certainly respect him as a person, as a football coach. He's just not a good offensive coordinator. It's as simple as that. It's nothing personal. People, I hear that from Ty. Oh, you just hate Brian. No, I don't hate Brian. I hate Brian, the offensive coordinator, because he sucked at it. I mean, it's as simple (laughs) as that. For every great moment, I can give you a half dozen terrible ones, including the last two and a half seasons when this thing cratered. There's excuses. There's injuries. There's reasons that it happened. But it is the reality he was given another year when there's not another offensive coordinator in the country that would have been given another year, and it didn't work. It didn't work again here. He'll go off. He'll be a line coach somewhere. I don't know what level. Many people believe the NFL is their landing spot there. We will see. But regardless of all that, to stand up there to finally answer the questions, that does some, say something about him. And I, it really did kind of tug at the heartstrings when he was talking about being an opportunity to now coach with his father and going yeah. through that. 
it's got to be an incredible experience. Absolutely. Right? You know, do that. A guy that in Kirk Ferentz is as well respected as anybody in the game, and to get to know your father in that way. You know him as dad. You know mm-hmm. him even as football coach, your mm-hmm. football coach when you're playing. But to learn at that level, to be there shoulder to shoulder, what an experience. It didn't work out, but ultimately those will be things that will live on and be in their memories forever as long as they're yep. around. Uh, I heard a uh, rumor yesterday on his next destination. I'm not sure how much credence to put behind it. I'm not sure if you've heard it or no, not. What do you got? Um, and, and I'm not sure that it makes sense. It, it would have to be, boy, I really want to, you know, get right back into it. I don't want to take a year off and just see what's out there. Um, connected to Tim Polisek at, at North Dakota State. Yeah, that, that rumbling had been out there. I saw that. I didn't see any, you know, anything definitive or any kind of connection, but that would make sense. Obviously, they coached together, mm-hmm. um, a line coach. Here's the thing. So many people, well, he's going to have to take a pay cut. He's taking a pay cut regardless. He's not going to find another offensive coordinator job. He's not going to find a head coaching job that's going to pay him $900,000 a year. He's going to take a pay cut. And guess what? When you're in your late 30s, early 40s, whatever Brian is, and you put that much in the bank, he's going to be okay. Guess what? Football coaches that make a whole lot less money. They do just fine for themselves. He's going to be all right. That that angst that is out of the well, would he even take the pay cut? What's his other option? Right? It's not like people are banging down the doors for him. So if it's to be a line coach at North Dakota State and making 80 grand a year, 80 grand a year could still go a long ways when you got a couple million already in the bank. Uh, it goes a long way in Fargo, ND, Trent Condon. No doubt about it. All right. We'll get Sean Roberts coming up. We'll head to Memphis, catch up with Sean, get the very latest. Uh, yesterday was a busy day event wise for Iowa State and their fan base. Started with the pep rally at the ballpark. Then they made their way down to Beale Street uh, with the, uh, with with the parade uh not sure i know that chris actually chris williams and cyclone fanatic they rented out jerry lawler's bar last night seemed to be a pretty good crowd in attendance there so maybe the numbers are down a little bit in memphis from the previous uh bowl trip back in i want to say was it 2017 i think it was uh 2017 but uh still good for them for going it's a drivable destination as we know Mm -hmm. and hopefully it'll be an entertaining football game let's get to sean roberts of course along with heather burnside they host the drive three to six monday through friday right here on kxno he along with justin miller uh in memphis representing the two radio stations sean how are you sir i'm doing good boys how are you Doing well. So kind of give us uh, uh, the lay of the land. Have you made your way to uh, to the stadium yet? What are you seeing tailgating-wise, or is that still uh, still to come? So that is all still to come. I'm currently sitting in the lobby uh, at the West End here because uh, Justin Miller, um, who is uh, the sports director for 1430 KASI up in Ames, is doing his Cyclone tailgate uh. currently in our hotel room. So I came down to the lobby so I could talk to you boys. That's good. All right. So you guys are sharing the room. I mean, how was it? You got a new roommate now going from what you have at home to having to deal with Justin. How's it been? Honestly, it's been, it, it's been pretty nice. Uh, we, you know, Justin and I get along pretty well anyway. So, you know, it, it's actually been kind of, it's been kind of fun. Just, you know, last night I introduced them to, uh, I introduced them to some YouTube videos and stuff like that. Some, some golf guys that I watch. And, and so it's, it's kind of like traveling with my little brother a little bit. <laughs> 
Good stuff. Well, let's get into press conferences. You had Matt Campbell yesterday, early morning. I want to go back a couple of days, Sean. Uh, John Haycock, obviously, this is a very talented Memphis offense that they're facing today, led by a quarterback who puts up some terrific numbers, just a junior in, in Seth Hennigan. We know TJ Tampa is not going to be able to answer the bell today. Malik Verdon is, what were they calling him, questionable, which means and I'm mm-hmm. leaning 99% that he's not going to play. But secondary is going to be tested here today. What did Haycock say when he mentioned uh, what Memphis's offense brings to the game? So when uh, when Coach spoke, you know, Justin and I were traveling that day. We got down here um, after the press conference, but I can talk about what uh, what Campbell had to say yesterday. And and you know, and Justin and I have kind of talked about this throughout the week too. Um, you know, just this secondary is I think they lead. They're like sixth in the country in, in interceptions. I believe if I, if I have that correctly. So, you know, from John Walters to coach Campbell to pretty much a lot of the people that we've talked to down here, no one seems too concerned with the, with the secondary, obviously TJ Tampa being out. It's always going to be hurtful um, having a talented player like that to, or, you know, opt out. But um, you know, I, no one seems too concerned with it, with the, with the secondary down here. And I mean, I get it. I get it. You're, you're six in the country in interceptions. Um, and, you have a pretty, pretty good defense, and you didn't have a lot of guys, you know, opt out or get into the portal. Um, you know, like I said, losing Tampa, that's tough. But I think Iowa State is going to be just fine. And any kind of defense is, is always pretty good. They're going to come to play today. Um, and I don't think you have to worry about the secondary. Maybe I'm wrong, and we'll see in a couple hours. But I think the secondary is just going to be fine. The vibes that you got from this Iowa State team, being around them, hearing from Coach Campbell, a surprising run after what we saw in September from this team. What has it been like? And, yeah, it's not playing Notre Dame, Clemson, as they have in recent years in a bowl game, but just getting back there, what's been the vibe of this team? You know, it's funny, in the in the uh, pep rally yesterday, Jamie Pollard, uh, the athletic director, in fact, it, I put the video out on our cakes and on social pages, um, but he listed like five things. Um, you know, about Iowa State and stuff like that. And he, he got to talking and he goes, you know, the SEC was scared to come play us, you know, so we have to play Memphis. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jamie. Appreciate that content right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I think that, you know, and Coach Campbell kind of alluded to this yesterday in his press conference and just, you know, he has expectations for the program and he knows where he wants this, this program to be. And one of the things that stood out to me is he's, he, he talked, he mentioned this a couple of times, but building a program, not just having a football team. And when you think about a college football in 2023, it almost just seems like it's a football team each and every year, but you want to build that program. You want to sustain that, that, uh, that program. Um, but having said that, it leads into kind of what he was talking about with, man, I, with these guys in this roster, we knew we were going to be young. We knew where we were going to go. We were going to go through this adversity. We were going to have to build, but you look at it now, and and this team's seven and five. They were Kenny. Would you would you have them at to begin the year? I, I think three and nine, four three, and eight, three and nine, right? I mean, yeah. they're they're seven and five. They have a chance today to go eight and five. And you know, we talked to John Walters yesterday, and he's like, I don't know many guys that aren't going to be coming back or or mm-hmm. enough for this team next year. You know, he's like, this team, at least on paper, going into twenty twenty four, is going to be a team that is going to do some stuff. And as as long as they stay healthy, now obviously some things can happen and change. But I mean, he's right. And 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 how that works is you get a win today, and it propels you into twenty twenty four. And 
it's going to be a very, very bright outlook to next season. You know, yeah, there's there's no question about. It. I'm sorry, Trent. I yeah. just want to just jump in real quick, and it's 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 another opportunity to see these redshirt freshmen and these true sophomores and these true freshmen uh, have an opportunity. They've stepped up in the program all season long, so it's a great point. And with that, Sean, it's something where, as you can imagine, I've already started to do a little bit of my preseason work for next year. Because after the national championship game, you know those odds are going to be out there. And I'm going to be jumping on board. Utah is going to get Cam Rising back. And in year number one, obviously, the new Big 12. Arizona, you saw them last night. They got a freshman quarterback. They're legit, aren't they? Yeah, they're going to be really, really good. Iowa State, though, and Oklahoma State are the two teams of, I guess, kind of the remaining group of the Big 12 that I got circles by right now. And and I'm hopeful not only do they put those national championship futures out there, maybe there's going to be something for to make the college football playoff, the 12-team playoff. I'll tell you one team I'm not going to bet on and I'll do that is Notre Dame. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't know why. Are you kidding me? No. Are you kidding me, Trent Condon? Well, they, they got to have guys they, that they stick around. Up. They loaded up for next year. Their offense, actually got, their offense actually got better oh, over the last couple of weeks. Oh, here we go. With, with a guy that threw four but, touchdowns last year, right? Hey, hey, Riley Leonard's going to be just fine. They got LSU's uh-huh. offensive coordinator now. We're, Mark Stream's going to be fine. But to Iowa State's point, you, I, I mean, I would find it as long as things stay the same and, and his team stays healthy. And I know, like, God, we, we haven't even played the bowl game yet. Right. But I was thinking about, I was thinking about this last night. And I'm like, I struggled to not see this team being close to eight to nine wins next year, mm-hmm. if not more. I really do. And, and this team's just so young. They're so talented. And, you know, we talk it, we talk about it all the time on, on our show and really on our station, but this team's just progressed so much each and every week. They really have. And, and, you know, after that Ohio game, it was easy to say, listen, this, this, this is going to go just how we all kind of thought it was going to go. I believe we did, Trent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, I was right. I, I had this team win in seven games, six, seven games, and I was like, that was the first time I really had doubt was after the Ohio game. And just to see them grow each and every week and knowing that they're 7-5, and five, they have a chance to go 8-5 and five today, propel them in 2024, where a lot of these guys are coming back. The roster, you have another year under Coach Campbell, and, and Coach Campbell, from you know what I've gathered, this is the first time that I've really been this close, you know, to the program on an each, you know, each and every day basis. And one of the things that I've just noticed is how much, how much not only the fan base, the players, just everyone around here just loves this dude. And there's a lot of buy-in, and 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 it's all buy-in, Ken. It really is, man. And and when you see it up close and personal, you, I get it. I get it. Sitting in this press conference yesterday, I'm like, yeah, I want to run through a brick wall for this dude. <laughs> Uh, the other team I might put on that list, Trent, except they got to replace their off- entire offensive line. I think it's the whole line. K State with that young mm-hmm. talent, Gideon's, and you saw what Avery Johnson did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, what an impressive win that was last night. But uh, Cooper, BB, their their talented lineman. I think the whole line is gone. Uh, we shall see. So, Sean, do you get a sense as um, uh, Cyclone Nation? Um, Maybe not in the numbers from the last uh, last trip in 2017, but there's certainly uh, it's certain it's not like they stayed home in mass. There's a lot of Cyclone fans there. Yeah, they're from from the people I've talked to because you know I wasn't down here in 2017, and from what I can tell, I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of Iowa State fans down here. But from kind of the vibe that I'm getting from certain fans, and even talking with you know John Walters yesterday, they, they don't. It's not the numbers that were down here in 2017. Um, but this is still a very, very good showing uh, from a fan base. I mean, our entire hotel the last couple nights 
um, has been filled with Iowa State fans at the hotel bar and having fun. You go on Beale Street, every bar on Beale Street has an Iowa State flag. Um, and there's Cyclone fans everywhere. So I don't know, you know, what it'll look like on TV. I know it might be a lot of late uh, people getting getting here to Memphis, too. A lot of people came in last night, so a lot of people checking in um, that just were like, hey, you know, we did the pep rally a couple years ago. We did, you know, the, the parade and all that. We'll get down there Thursday night. We'll go to the game Friday and make a weekend of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think it's the numbers in 2017, but still a very, very good showing from the fan base. I joked about your Irish. Uh, what do you see today? I'm on the Beavers and the points, just about, by the way. <laughs> what is the number, two? Six. Is, is Notre Dame favorite? Yeah, yeah. How? <laughs> well, because Oregon State's going to play without DJ Ungalele. They're going to play without their backup that's at uh, Michigan State. So they got their own set of opt-outs, starting tackles, starting it. receiver. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it, Trent Con. And Notre Dame has no <laughs> business being favored in this game. Sam Hartman sitting out. Audric Estime sitting out. Myers, the tight end, has been out for the last couple weeks of the season. I think three or four of the receivers that got actual playing time this season all entered the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Um, their left tackle and right tackle both opted to go to the NFL, so they're not playing. Notre Dame is depleted left around. How are they favored it? Because Oregon State's the logo. Got, that, that too in oh, Oregon State. Well, their final game as a power conference team here for the Beavers. Man, you know, it's funny, Lucas uh, Lucas Strange sent me a text earlier. He's like, I'm on the Irish. I go, I don't know if I would do that, man. I think they'll win, but I don't know if I'd do that. I would stay away. So you might be, I did try and I think you take Oregon State in the points. I do think Notre Dame somehow, some way wins this game. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's just, this is the kind of the thing that aggravates me about bowl games, you know, is, is looking at a game like that where you have so many guys that aren't playing. It really mm-hmm. takes a little bit out of it. But then you look at last night and you get a Pop-Tart coming out of a toaster <laughs> and everyone loves bowl season again. Indeed they do. So what do you expect to see today, Sean? How does Iowa State win the football game? I think Iowa State wins the game. I think Rocco Beck's going to do what Rocco Beck does and let him cook. And Abu Sama's going to, I think, I, I'm going to, Abu Sama over 100 yards. If, if, if I could get a prop on that, I would take that. Um, I think he's going to go off today. But I think Rocco's going to continue to grow. Um, and I think this defense is going to play well. Obviously, like we talked about, DJ Tampa being out, but I think this this secondary is going to play play well, keep them in the game. I think Iowa State wins, um, and I, I would put it at. I don't want to get too crazy here, but you know, over seven points. I don't know. I haven't even looked at the spread today. I've been so like discombobulated from like sports and gambling, really, uh, outside of everything Iowa State that I haven't really even looked at that yet. Uh, I'm, I'm sure, Trent, you, you have the spread up. Yeah, it's double There's digits. There's a pretty good chance. Yeah, 10, 10 and a half is the, the number pretty much across the board right now. So got to lay double digits if you're going with Iowa State. Yeah. I'm, taking yeah. a, I'm taking a nibble on the over. That's the one that I'm looking at in this game. Okay. So uh, that's where I'm going. I think we're going to see an exciting one. Going to be a fun football game. Sean, great trip down there. You'll be making the drive back. Uh, tell us. You coming home tonight? No, coming home. Uh, Justin and I are going to get up early morning uh, tomorrow gotcha. and, and make the make the trip back. So we got, you know, we got one more night here. We'll see what uh, downtown Memphis has to offer. We've had some good barbecue. We've uh, we've ventured around a couple of uh, establishments and and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's been a fun time. But I will be honest with you. Very excited to get home. Yeah, that's usually the way that it is, no doubt. Who made it possible? Tell us about the great sponsors that sent you and Justin down there to Memphis. Yeah, and and I truly, truly mean this, man. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Acura of Johnston, Hy-Vee, Van Wall Equipment, and Authentic Brand. Without them, Justin and I are not down here. Uh, we're not able to give you know the, all the videos and the press conferences and, and, and all that stuff. Um, so seriously, thank you 
so, so much to those sponsors. Um, couldn't have done this without them. Sean Roberts, good stuff, Sean. A nice job out of you thanks, and boys. Justin. Travel safe, and uh, we'll see you back at the shop. Thank you. All right. Thanks, boys. Yep, good to talk to you. Sean Roberts as he checks in uh, from Memphis. Couldn't be any more happy for Sean Trent. I really <laughs> couldn't. Uh, dipping his toe, getting out of the station, do, covering his first bowl game. There'll be a lot of those in his career, I have a feeling. Um, and, and good for him and good for Justin. And thank you to all the sponsors uh, who made that possible. Of course, Ross Peterson on the scene down in Orlando, uh, keeping us up to date on Tennessee and the Hawkeyes. We will get our first break. We'll come back. We'll head to Las Vegas. Have you heard, Trent, uh, what the four remaining contestants in Survivor, how they chopped the prize pooled? Is that made public yet? Yes. Uh, this is from the uh, Daily Newsletter from VSIN that's sent out by Bill um, Bill Adi. Uh, says that they're going to play for about $2 million, so each entry is going to be guaranteed about $1.8 million That's before great. taxes, legal fees, tips of their proxies, all that stuff. But still, uh, most of them putting well over $1.5 million in their pocket and still $2 million to go to the winner. Are you still submitting picks for Circa Millions? I am. I'm up to like 570th place. I got an outside shot. If I'm really hot here these last two weeks, I can yeah. cash in Circa Millions. So how many how many cash? What do you need to get to to, to join one, in the money party? One fifty, I think it is. If if memory serves, I okay. gotta look through that. But yeah, there's there's a path here. We're we've been hot lately, so more than likely, I'm probably gonna have to go nine and one or ten and, and at, at yeah, worst, right? To to get in there, but still a path. And you would have told me before the season, I would have had a path come December 29th. I would have been okay. And speaking of that, got to get my picks in here before three o'clock today. <laughs> nice. Uh, it is about both of them. Terrific contests. All right. Speaking of circus sports, Mike Palms, the vice president of operations. He will join Trent and I next as we continue. Miller and Condon, we're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. On a football Friday, welcome back, Miller and Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon. And Ken Miller with you until 1 o'clock. Bama Bob, Tom Cakert scheduled to join us in hour number two. We'll make our pick Circus Sports sponsors those before we uh, scoot out of here at 1 o'clock. Speaking of Circus Sports, Mike Palm, the VP of Operations at Circa. He's an Iowa native, as you know, and he joins us. Hello, Mike Palm, Trent, and Ken. Happy New Year. How are you? Happy New Year. Hi, Ken. Hi, Trent. Well, you know going to be in the upper 60s today here in Las Vegas. I know, Ken, your weather's probably pretty nice where you're at as well but a heck of a weekend coming up here um with the bowl games the you know the nfl schedule detroit and dallas tomorrow night um survivor wrapping up here yep. and then we get the i think what we've all waited for the uh the semifinals on uh monday afternoon and evening yeah no doubt about it so let's i want to start with uh survivor mike and um yeah. I heard, I saw it yesterday, I believe it was Winter Circle Proxy. Didn't that used to be Kelly in Vegas's outfit? Kelly and Brett, her boyfriend. Kelly yes. got out of it. Um, Brett um, is still involved, um, but it, it's, a, you know, he sold a percentage of the company. So um, it, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's held by several different people, including David Bierman. Um, so that's the four people that are left, two are Winter Circle Proxy, clients and two are Tom Carroll's clients. So um, I think that made it uh, a little bit easier for them in, in trying to uh, hash out whatever kind of deal they were going to make. 
So course, you only write one check. I mean, Circa writes one check to whoever ultimately wins it. Um, do you know what the percentages are, Mike? No, but, you know, we'll chop it up or however we go, right? I mean, they could all four make it and then all the deals right. are off, right? Un- unless they gave the guy that had the brown, um, cir- circus guy, it, you know, they gave him a little extra because he did obviously have the advantage this week having the brown uh, last night. Um, but, you know, if they chop two ways, we give it two ways, three ways, or one way, and then whatever contracts they drew up will stipulate how the money is divided. But, uh, yeah, we, we pay the winner. We pay however it plays out. Circa Millions also continues. I uh, sit with a 45-33-2 record, good for 735th place, <laughs> selfishly. And maybe I'm not alone. We, of course, had the local guy here that was in Circa Survivor to the final 10. Uh, for anybody out there, how many places does the season-long contest for Millions pay out? Pays a hundred, top okay. hundred, and of course the bottom two as well. It pays last, the booby prize, and then half a booby we call it. So, um, a <laughs> hundred and two spots you could say, and then of course the final quarter uh, pays out the top five and the booby prize as well. Looks like I got to go ten and zero here over the final two weeks to uh, get into that top one hundred. Good season, but. Uh, these contests are, are incredible. Have you guys already started to put in a little work looking towards next season? Anything yeah. uh, potentially that you guys are looking at as we already look forward to 2024? Well, the work is going to be trying to figure out um, uh, Survivor if we're going to try to have 20 weeks because um, Christmas is going to be, it's leap year, right? So mm-hmm. Christmas yep. is going to be on, Christmas is going to be on a Wednesday. And the NFL has already come out. The question was asked, are you going to play Christmas Eve, Christmas Day? And the guy that's in charge of this for the NFL, the special games and scheduling, said clearly the NFL has no interest in playing games on Tuesdays or Wednesdays ever. Remember, they played a couple of those COVID games on Tuesdays, but they don't want to play on Tuesday and Wednesday. So we've got to figure out a way. Maybe there's a Saturday where they play three games that you tie in with the Thursday night. I know that this, the weekend before Christmas, I doubt the NFL will play on Saturday because that's the Friday night's the first uh, of, the, of the round of 16 games, and then the Saturday's the three. I, they won't go up against the college playoffs. So maybe there's a Saturday that we can tie in three games with one on Thursday, or maybe there's a Monday. Maybe that weekend, they, you know, they've been experimenting with these doubleheaders on Monday. Maybe there's a, a tripleheader on Monday, or maybe you'd make the Sunday night and two Monday night games. Somehow, I know Derek loves that number of 20. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly good to see. And, and, and um, I want to get in some of the lines on the playoffs and, of course, the two locals coming up. But just one more on this, Mike. I, and I'm not sure you've read Mike Florio's piece at ProFootballTalk.com. You saw the television ratings for what Christmas Day did. I get it was on a Monday. But for the NFL to leave money on the table and not play on Christmas Day when they have taken it from the NBA – that would surprise me a little bit because there's nothing more important to the owner seemingly than the almighty dollar. Do you think that that's um, written in stone or do you think that maybe there'll be some serious discussion about, you know what, we said we weren't going to play on Wednesday, but the public's demanded by their viewership that we take another look at this? Well, they have until, until probably March because then they start the machinations of the schedule um, and then they release it in May. So. Um, I get your point, Kenny. It worked out so well this year, and I'm sure 
maybe some of the owners will say, hey, what are we doing here? So I, I just know the direction. And they had stated that, obviously, a couple of weeks before we had this, yeah. this blockbuster of a Christmas day. A couple of uh, games of interest this afternoon in the bowl scene. Of course, your alma mater, Notre Dame, taking on Oregon State. Opt-outs all over the place on both sides of that one. And then Iowa State against Memphis. Uh, take both of those games, anything that you've seen in the betting market with both the Notre Dame and the Iowa State games. No, Notre Dame sort of sat at six. It was six and a half for a bit. The total's what's crashed down here. It's come down mm. five points. You know, what's amazing to me, one of the probably most under reported or focused on stories of the bowl season. You know, Oregon State only had three coaches to prepare for this game. That's all three full-time coaches. They hired a bunch of analysts to help prepare the team, but only three of their regular coaches remained after Jonathan Smith left. So that's got to be a pretty tough spot. I like Notre Dame a bit here. I didn't play it. I played a little on the under, although I didn't get nearly the best number. And then the Iowa State game, a total the other way, we've seen a little bit of over money uh, on Memphis and Iowa State, not not a lot on the side. Uh, before we get into some of the others, do you like a game, uh, an upcoming game, Mike, more than the others? Have you have you dabbled at all? How can, how can you? I mean, the the rights down forty to forty five percent. Is it really? Nobody knows who's playing. They've destroyed right. the bowl process, Jenny. It's totally done. And I'm not saying it's because of the playoff, but I mean the NIL. And then at the transfer portal, and then the the date of the declaring for the portal. You have to wait for after the games if you want people to play in bowl games. So uh, they got to figure this out. I've heard a lot of push that the bowl game should be your first non conference game of the next season, because what we're seeing now is just what next year is going to be on the teams. Really, I mean that's mm-hmm. who's playing, who's going to be on those teams next year. Make it mean something. I know Malshaw had an idea of with the success of the NBA in season, just making these guys paying them. And yep. you look how these guys played defense for, for four or five games to, to get a half million dollars, take a half million or two fifty and give it split it amongst all the players on the winning team of a bowl game. You get a lot more guys playing. I'll bet. Amal and I are on the same page on that. Absolutely one. are. Yep. Something that uh, I brought up earlier this week too. Uh, let's jump into the Iowa game before we get into the college football playoff. The announcement that Joe Milton is going to be opting out and it's going to be Nico Amaleva that will get the start for Tennessee goes under the key number of seven, down to six and a half, and stayed yeah. pretty consistent at this point. Yeah, I I think Tennessee will have a hard time moving the ball. You know, they had a great rushing attack, but obviously not everybody's playing. Um, look, the Iowa defense is something. Michigan you know, 3.2 yards to play in the Big Ten championship game. So um, it's, I, I saw a funny tweet of, of somebody that said they really felt badly for the Tennessee defensive coaches that they had to watch Iowa offensive game film for a month. <laughs> but uh, I, di- I didn't touch the game. You know, I think it's nice they got to play on New Year's Day and whatever, and I hope they do well. Um, but I, I can't. I, I really am not. I'm looking and betting some in-game spots here and there when I think, like, a team is motivated, like, I bet Kansas State in game last night because I thought North Carolina State was really kind of limited just trying to run the quarterback. But I, trying to bet thing pre-flop, no, I haven't. I bet both of the, the semifinals as soon as it opened. Um, but that's really all I've been involved with. And those numbers really haven't changed, right? I think that the uh, Rose Bowl opened Michigan 2 and the uh, Sugar Bowl opened Texas 4.5, and, and that's where it sits. I think you guys are down to uh, uh, Michigan point and a half right now. But what side did you take on those games, and what are you seeing action-wise on those games? So I bet both dogs. 
And then I bet Washington Moneyline as well. So I have four and a half and, and two. And then I bet Washington plus 750 to win it all. Um, I thought Alabama would close a favorite. Maybe not. I mean, we're seeing some resistance here for with Michigan money. So this it's been a really good two-way on this game. We are really balanced. Um, a little more money to the under at this point. In the other game... Um, we saw a lot of uh, Washington future money when they were, they were out here for the Pac-12 championship game that weekend where Seattle played Dallas on Thursday and then they played on Friday. So we, we're bad to them in the futures market, uh, and they've bet them a little bit in this game, uh, more on the money line than taking the points. We'll, right now we would need Texas to win the game because there's been a fair amount of Washington money line. With that, and you look at the uh, matchups here, you push it forward, we get to that Monday of the National Championship game. You mentioned as it pertains to futures, how quickly will we get the odds up at Circa for next year, 2024 into 25, and the National Champion? And and we got the 12-team playoff a whole lot more. Is this going to lead to more work as you guys are putting in your next future numbers? Yeah, Yeah, I don't know when Chris Bennett and and Connor and the guys are going to get it up probably going to be later than usual Mm -hmm. um you're gonna have to factor with the odds into 12 instead of four right it opens it up for more teams um so you know i think the prices will be more spread more evenly because of that so they'll have some work to do i don't think they can just pop it up uh pop it up right and of course the transfer portal obviously plays a big role too so the uncertainty in college football has never been higher Hmm. Uh, ten seconds left, Mike. Uh, what did Baltimore show you on Christmas night? If you're if you're a Niners fan, should you be a little concerned? What did you take from that game? Well, the concern has to be can Purdy weather adversity, right? Um, he threw a bad interception, and then there's a tipped ball. And I thought the problem for the 49ers is they fear Lamar's running ability, so they don't pin their ears back on the rush. And I don't think that controlled rush was very effective. If they play them again in the Super Bowl, I think they're going to have to take their chances. Maybe you spy somebody, but you got to just come after them. And I saw what San Francisco would be like a point and a half, two point favorite uh, if that matchup occurs in Super Bowls. Yeah, two, two, two or two and a half probably. Good stuff. Mike Palm, Happy New Year, Mike Palm, Circus Sports VP of Operations. We appreciate you coming on. We'll talk to you next Friday. Thank you, Mike. Happy New Year, guys. Good luck to the Hawks and the Cyclones in the bowl. Thanks, Mike. Good to hear from you. Thank you, Mike. Mike Palm, VP of Operations at Circus Sports. We'll take the break, come back, wrap up our number one, Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Wrapping up our number one, Miller and Condon continues, 106.3 KXNO. Ken, guys, this is great. Ken had to dip out just here for a moment, as you can hear. Sounds a little bit different as he is on location for the next couple of weeks, taking some time out in California with his wife, hanging out with family out there. Still going to be with us uh, most every single day, but uh, he's got his little doggy, Jet. And hearing Ken Miller talk to his dog. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I, I might have to record it. It is so good. It is so funny. But he had to take Jet out to poop. So... Uh, Ken will be back with us here to kick off the second hour. We got Bama Bob coming up. A lot of college football. We'll dive deeper into the bowl games. Yes, we'll talk Liberty Bowl, Iowa State, Memphis, Citrus Bowl with Iowa, Tennessee. We'll talk about the college football playoff and break as many of the big games down as we can as we go into the final stretch of the college football season. 
What's going to happen with Georgia-Florida State? Uh, that's going to be absolutely incredible to see. So we will do that with Bama Bob to kick off the second hour. Tom Kakert normally joins us on a football Friday. Not sure if we're going to be able to get Tom. They have availability with some of the players starting at about 12.15 our time. So probably going to be tough to turn that one around. We will see, but I'll likely we'll have to skip Tom this week. And our picks. Ken finished off a 1-4 week. He is finally coming back to the pack Still hitting 63% of his picks on the year, 53 and 30 against the spread. I'm 47, 36 and 2. Six games back, not over yet. We're trying to track him down. Our picks coming up here in about 55 minutes. Talking college football playoff, Iowa, Iowa State with Bama Bob next. It's Miller and